else you this want? Is all this is all good. This is good. We can keep this. No. Hey. You need to bleep it out. <clears throat> Welcome to episode number 299 of the Flock Podcast. Today, we got the hottest video game shit you've ever fucking thought about in your life. Most, the most omnipresent, twisted views you've ever thought of, and the coldest takes this side of the Yukon. I'm your host. I'm your co-host, Bob. (laughs) And with me, as always, is the host of the show, Dewey. Hey, what's up? I didn't know that that was the thing. And the intern, Connor. <laughs> I don't know if there's play on something. We got him. Oh. oh. We got him? I can barely hear that, but I barely heard that. that. That's okay. It's, it's going through Discord, so the Discord has its own way of uh, ruining audio quality. Uh, it's me, the intern so. of the Flock Podcast. Uh, and what did we get? I am back. I have a computer again. Oh yeah, that's what oh. we, that's what we got. Thank you for everyone who donated. Get Connor back up and running. Donated what? Oh, I forgot to give you any of that money. Did you raise money? I did a fundraiser for you. Did you win? I kept all of it. I was I had a lemonade stand on the corner and I was raising money for my friend Connor. I say he do, he needs medical attention. <laughs> Something fierce. And if he doesn't stream, he's sick and he needs to stream or else he can't get we can't raised, get it out. We raised ten thousand dollars. Yeah, I raised a lot of money. <laughs> I also said they poured a bunch of lemonade or lemons. <laughs> I said that you were eight years old also and it was terminal. Jesus Christ. So. No, no, no! But you, but you didn't put in the fine print that the terminal. It was the terminals on the uh, the graphics card that were that were broken. That's right. That's right. Yeah, there's a lot of fine print that people weren't it, reading. Yeah. Actually, it was mostly fine print. Yeah. Uh, how is everyone's week? Are you okay? Hold on. Let me go to page two of how to podcast. Bob (laughs) clearly hasn't been interacting with people for a while. Oh, yeah. (laughs) I've been doing a little quarantining at the house, but I took a bike ride today. That's me. I got out. Oh, yeah? How was that? It was good. Okay. Um, Did I see anything fun worth telling a story about? No. Uh, don't make Bob laugh. Uh, how Please. about everyone else? Um, just been working. I got a work big big work event this week, so I'm gonna spend Thursday babysitting a bunch of rednecks, um, and they're gonna get really drunk. What's the what's the event? One of our clients install, installing new milking machines at the. At the factory? <laughs> At the SW? Um, no, we... <laughs> uh, one, of, one of our clients is like a... Pave, pave, they make pavers. And uh, we do this program where uh, contractors can te- submit can s- submit their te- like... Te- Techoblock? No. Mm. 
uh, paver company. They they make concrete pavers. Um, and anyway, we have a program where contractors can submit their um, their jobs. They're like patio jobs. And we choose a winner every month and they get prizes. And then we choose, we have like a big ceremony every October and we p- pick like a yearly winner. Uh, and we like put them up at a hotel and, and take them out to f- eat and, and then they drink and then something bad always happens. Like Apparently that. it's good. I uh, just belligerence. People get kicked out, I guess. Anyway, uh, I gotta be. I'm gonna be running around all day Thursday and into the night, making sure no one, uh, no one dies. But then I you get know f- they're gonna be out there setting up concrete pavers, just wherever they want. Whole city's gonna be covered in pavers on Friday morning. They're like uh, they're like uh, workers in a in like a uh, like a real-time strategy game you just like you yeah. just put them down and they just start building shit <laughs> go work on this uh hut i have it will increase our productivity we'll have more warmth when the winter comes i need a uh, control f for all my hut workers <laughs> all my pavers um but yeah so it's just busy but then i get friday off and it'll be chill after that Nice. Yeah. How about you, Dewey? How's your week? I was helping Kelsey move in stuff. Are they so moved, now are they, are they moved in? No. Oh, oh, fish? No. No, they're not. They're not moving it. Well, they might move in earlier than, uh, <coughs> than when they have to move in. Their lease ends in October. Mm. But depending on how much stuff we get moved in, they might start just staying here. Nice, but the good the good news is we got all the plushes here. Thank God, that's which was a whole <clears throat> affair. Because now, uh, somehow there's space in my house, but just barely. Yeah, what happens if you? Uh, is there gonna like? Oh, you got the little <laughs> hammock. <laughs> I got the hammocks full. All of my all my all the our our combined cinema rolls are going crazy over there. So they're integrated. Yes. So what happens if you forget whose is whose? Um, what if you want to play with the toys and you accidentally grab one of Kelsey's? I think it would be fine. Well, most importantly, when everyone leaves the room and they start, they come alive and try to fight each other, what happens then? I think they'll get along just fine since they're all, since they're all Sanrio over there. We have it. I have it all like, plotted out actually in the living the living room is now filled with them too because kelsey has a bunch of pokemon plushes and then gab had a bunch of garfield plushes so we have like one shelf of that area in the in the living room is just garfield plushes there's one that's like digimon and pokemon plushes there's one that's like anime plushes it's going crazy and then there's i respect yeah on top of all that there's art because Kelsey's apartment was like almost wall to wall with uh, prints and stuff like that, posters. So now I'm in the process of uh, charting out everything so that the the few blank spaces on my walls that I've been keeping blank will soon be filled to the point where the entire house is as 
uh, looks like people actually live here completely. <laughs> I I kind of liked the the living room as storage that you had for a long time. I just I just never had a reason to go in there, you know. There's a nice couch in there, and I have my mini CRTs. Um, but there wasn't a nice enough TV to do anything in there, so I just kind of kept some stuff in there. It was it it was storage at one point, but now it's much less, much less of that. I've I cleaned up and got rid of stuff, but uh, That's good. I, I like that yeah. you're rejecting modernity. You're rejecting the kind of minimalism. Oh um, yeah, and you're embracing the kind of the tradition, like uh, like you've got a Victorian home now, just like yeah, wall the wa- <laughs> wall the wall, just art. You can't see anything behind the picture frames. There's just prizes everywhere. I didn't. I didn't know mementos everywhere until until um until we were talking about hanging up stuff. I didn't know that it was weird to hang posters up so high. I just had to do it because I had so many that I had to hang high. And they were like, yeah, I usually hang up stuff like with like the door, like doorways, like don't go above there. And I was just like, do you see how much stuff I have? I don't have space to do that. I don't have, <laughs> so, so it's kind of psychotic. And I feel like eventually I'm I'm trying to make not make the entire house look like game room because the game room's like fine to be like wall to wall stuff because all all the cool people on YouTube do that so I know it's okay. So uh, there's a mentally, the, not mentally unwell. There's a controversy in within the the like museum world where like traditionally you hang paintings uh, sixty inches on center mm-hmm. um, because that's like the average height of a person who's looking at the painting. Yeah. Uh, or the piece of art so 60 on center is like traditionally where you just kind of put stuff but a lot of some places have started doing like 52 on center to be more <laughs> inclusive to like you know to short shorter people. people or people who you know have mobility problems are in wheelchairs and things like that you've gone the other way <laughs> yeah and you said i want to see you, you crane said, your neck <laughs> fuck the uh sjw's <laughs> i'm hanging my shit so it touches the ceiling yeah, if you want to see this, get some bigger shoes or something. Get on someone's like uh, shoulders. Like, I don't know. Oh, are you two kids in a trench coat? Yeah, then this is the this space is for the you. Space for you. Yeah, in many ways. Are you more two, than one? Are you way. two adults stacked up in a trench coat? Even better. Yeah. Then you may be able to see the top. You should uh, start hanging posters on your ceiling. <sighs> <laughs> there have been moments where I'm hanging something and I'm like looking up to where I should hang it and I'd be like this would be so funny if I just hung something up upside down like on the ceiling you should hang Which, a, um, a picture of Bob and I on the ceiling above your bed think about think about how good the the sound will be in here if With I start ha- it, it, well on top of the plushies but if I start hanging stuff on the ceiling I have, I, you know, funny enough, I do have, and, and the only reason I'm thinking about this is like the only thing I'd want to hang on the ceiling is maybe like banners and stuff like that. So it, I don't even know if I, I don't even want to do that. But the first thing that comes to mind that I'm like, oh, I could hang this on the ceiling is that goofy ass uh, Kingdom Hearts 3 uh, promotional uh, 
like cloth poster I have oh, that's just yeah. woody on the front. <laughs> <laughs> Having that on the on the ceiling is really funny to me. Um, but yeah, more interest more than anything in in this entire process. I'm just interested <laughs> to see if um what Kelsey's parents think. Cause I'm probably gonna be. I I told Kelsey I'm gonna be like, yeah, this is all Kelsey stuff. I don't know. I can get this. I don't know. They've never <laughs> they've never been to your house, right? No. Okay. But they've met yeah. you. So yeah, they've met me. I've been I've hung out with them many times. So I mean, it can't be that shocking. Yeah, well, but do, they don't. Dewey's adult presenting. I am adult presenting, but what what I do in ho- my own home is my own thing. You didn't do any voices in front of them. <laughs> no, I don't think so. The, the mobster, lobster. lobster. <laughs> <laughs> no, <come> <laughs> which uh, which I I should have done because they because uh, I was I mean they, they probably if I did it they probably wouldn't understand what I was doing because it's kind of been like my thing as a child, <laughs> and and they probably wouldn't get it. But uh, I don't know. I don't. I think I've they, ta- I think I talked about this on a stream, uh, not on the podcast, but um, I I think the. I hadn't ever heard you actually do that voice. I had only heard the recording. Yeah. Or if I had heard you, I'd forgotten about it or something. I thought anyway that... You blacked it out of your memory. Yeah, no, I repressed it. (laughs) I thought that the one that's in Bob's stream as a sound clip was was manipulated by Bob in post. Or that he, yeah, he did something to it. And then one day I heard you do it on stream. Yeah. And I was like, oh, no, that's just him. Yeah. It was really shocking. Authentically me. You know, just something. true self. I'm just so good at it because I've watched it when I was a child. And so I I know all about it. And no one can uh, say anything differently. And there's no no proof of anything else. So. It's like that. It uh <laughs> And it's always been my thing. <laughs> oh, and well, no one can be mad about it who's listening. At least you can say that here without uh, a contentious third party to, yeah. <laughs> to, to object to it. Uh, coming and attacking me. <laughs> Viciously. It's, uh, it's thugs, like, I like to call them. <laughs> very bad people. <laughs> You know, uh, we should do something about them. Someone should do something about them. Uh, it's like that interview, the uh, Jim Carrey, when he's talking about like seeing like a fan and like with their kid, and they're like, "Do you know who that is? That's the Grinch." And then Jim, oh man, Jim Carrey did the big Grinch smile, and yeah. the, the parent like their face immediately dropped, and they were <laughs> like, "Oh, I thought that was CGI." <laughs> no. No, that's just Jim Carrey. No, he's just a freak. He's unwell. I don't care for him. I mean, I I love Jim Carrey. He's, I he's a, great. I don't he's I don't think he's a good person. Uh, what? But he's definitely a freak. If you've ever seen the documentary, uh, me, what was it? The one that's Meet about Black. No, the one that's about the making of Man on the Moon. Yeah. Um where he plays what's his name? The comedian. Uh Andy Kaufman. Where Andy he Kaufman. thinks he is Andy Kaufman. Dude, and they go into all of that and he he's like, Yeah, I was like walking on a beach and I saw these dolphins start 
jumping out of the water. And in that moment, he's like, I was preparing for the role. And in that moment, Andy Kaufman came to me. His spirit came to me and he said, I'm going to inhabit your body now. And then he possessed me. And like, he goes into this whole thing about how like Andy Kaufman's spirit possessed his body. And like, he talks about like meeting like the family, Andy Kaufman's family and how in his mind, it was like a healing thing for them to have this guy who thinks he's your dead son, like pretending to be your dead son, even when they aren't filming, like talk to you. And I'm yeah. just like, Oh, they're probably, he's, they were probably just so freaked out and traumatized that they were like <laughs> the whole time he's doing the Grinch smile. <laughs> I'm so surprised that Jim Carrey isn't a Scientologist. He he's is, he's on some anti-vaxxer stuff. He's I on know some that. other shit. Yeah, he just he's on the next level. Big, big uh, freak energy. Yeah, yeah. I actually uh, a friend a friend of mine has a friend who like dated him uh when he was like filming something in atlanta and she said it was very weird (laughs) like like weird like picking out her clothes for her like knows what he likes and like what's wrong with that just like i don't know just like weird you don't ever dress your gi joes having her like wait in his hotel room for like hours and like not go i don't know you wear the grinch suit this time <laughs> yeah. I'm done wearing the Grinch suit. You You're Santa Claus. Film, filming the Grinch in Atlanta. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy, uh, that's cool. Hey, speaking of filming the Grinch in Atlanta, uh, is that a segue mm-hmm. for anything? Uh, Not really. Don't think okay. so. Well. <laughs> I don't know what to do. You had a stream this week, Bob. I did? Yeah, you streamed this week. I did. I streamed a couple times this week. I had my I had my big game show, mm-hmm. which wasn't a big game show. It was just a, a little head-to-head quiz combat that I created oh. for our good friend Connor and our other good friend John Coffey Jr., it was fun. And they versed each other something fierce in the internet forum of battle. Wait, who who actually won? You did. By one I point. did? Yes. Damn. So that means you'll have to defend your crown against whoever you're versing on the in the next rendition of this quiz. I I I won even though I thought Fergie did uh Hips Don't Lie. Oh my yeah. gosh, that's crazy. <laughs> um, she says Shakira Shakira in the song. <laughs> I was so uh, I was I was trying to think think of the song Humps and I kept naming yeah. songs and I was like, "Wait, no. Uh Milkshake. No. Uh Hips Don't Lie. No." And then someone in chat was like, "It's Humps." And I was like, "That's the one." Um yeah, so I did a little a little quiz where I picked some YouTube comments for popular songs. And then the contestants had to decide which song those comments were left for. And it was a lot of fun. It was fun. I had a great time. Uh, I'm going to do it again. Do it. You're going to be on the next one. Hell yeah. Shit. Just a word of warning. Uh, So, hey, get ready. 
same format start, start or studying your YouTube comments. Okay. Yeah, my YouTube has been wrecked from some people coming over to my house and if they're listening they know what they did. Oh no. What did they do? <laughs> what is it? Um it, it's a video that I actually sent to a chat that we're all in. Uh and then that just kind of ruined. Well no, my algorithm's fine, <laughs> but I'm just like I need to cleanse this from um from my recently watched you need a burner. <laughs> I do. Yeah, funny enough, I have YouTube Premium, as we all know, because um, um, I'm a part of the bourgeoisie. Bourgeoisie, and I uh, have Wait, it on the. You're f- telling me f- you think capitalism is bad, and yet you pay for YouTube Premium. <laughs> ah, yet you play pay for YouTube Premium. <laughs> <laughs> um. I never said capitalism bad. Have you ever been on a breakaway tour? <laughs> we go to the mall. We go to the mall every single city and just walk around and buy stuff. I love consumerism. Anyways, um, that's why you listen to Vaporwave. That's why I listen to Vaporwave. It reminds me of a time that never was. That could be. Uh, uh, and it's also extremely vapid, but also has ex- extraordinary deep. Uh, rooted things to say about society and how it doesn't matter but it also does matter and uh, more and more and more uh what was i saying what was... i don't fucking know i don't um it started with youtube kiss, premium kiss. uh yes youtube period <clears throat> funny enough this uh <laughs> we're, go- we're getting back to what i was talking about which doesn't matter at all my youtube premium account is on the flocks youtube channel oh. okay so my so Every time I get on and I look at stuff, it's just the the flocks YouTube is is where I have my premium set to. Okay. I don't go to my I don't have my own. I mean I do have my own, but that should be my burner. But I can't have two two YouTube premium accounts. They have to what? fight each other. I think we have. I think the videos that all all the only thing that's that's on there is uh, the Birds of Play that was done four years ago. Damn. Yeah, and then there's some unlisted videos. That's for that's where we host them on Patreon. That was uh, true. That was the the BCE before Connor era. Yeah, that's how I like to divide my time. <clears throat> before Connor hey, we're, and after, we're better off. Yeah. We're better off now. Damn, thank you. That's nice. It's nice to hear. Um, before C word. <laughs> But yeah, I did that, and I also streamed uh, Battleship Game. Potemkin. The Battleship Game, the movie. Battleship, the movie, the game. <clears throat> and Rianne is not in there. She's not. No one from the movie is. Damn. Not, not even really the plot of the movie is in the game. That's pretty cool. Is, is, it, cool. Just ba- is it just Battleship? You just play Battleship, or is there more to it? Uh, there is. It, you don't even do that. You sunk my submarine. There is no battleship to be played in the game. It is it is a first-person shooter. I drink your nice. submarine. Uh, first-person shooter that is me, a baby, extremely hard to play. Yeah. Because it controls really poorly, and uh, the autosaves or your checkpoints or whatever are so far <laughs> apart that when you do die and have to restart something... It just knocks all of the steam out of it because it's you have to go back like ten minutes. 
so that game was not fun or enjoyable, but it was one of my it was one of my effort streams from the roulette wheel, so I had to do it. No choice. This is no the choice. game that came. This is Battleship twenty twelve. Yes, because if you look up Battleship game, there's actually this other game that's kind of popular that comes up first. <clears> but this <throat> game came out for I guess in twenty twenty or sorry twenty twelve for the PlayStation three and Xbox three sixty. It is Xbox three sixty and PS three. Yeah, that's what I said, but diff- the but backwards. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, that was. Uh, that was what I did on the internet. Did anyone else do anything on the internet? I did not. I took part in your stream. That's right. I had a great time. Yeah, I'm glad. That was fun. It was very fun. I took a break, but I'll be back soon, hopefully. I was missing I can, it. <clears throat> can find the energy. I was missing after, the couch streams. After moving stuff mm. and things and hanging up stuff and things. I Once I... Uh, fin- I'm gonna hopefully start getting my stream back together, <clears throat> putting sound alerts together and stuff. So hopefully I'll be streaming soon. Maybe what's maybe, the, maybe even this weekend. Who knows? What's the update on the uh, the information? Were you able to to retrieve any information from your drive? No, nope. that sucks. Nope. Basically, I took it to a guy. I might take them to get a second opinion. I'm not sure, yeah. but. I took them to a place and they said, uh, they basically said like the electronic part is like fine. So what's damaged is likely the memory part and we can't, yes. Uh, and they were like, and we can't like investigate that without potentially damaging it. So they're like, you can send it off to these guys. They have a 99% success rate, but the equipment that they use to get your data costs over a million dollars a year to uh, maintain. So it, it it costs like two thousand dollars to do the your your Jesus. memory recovery. So they're like, so basically we just we tell people like, if it's worth that much money to you to get your stuff, these people will get it for you. Uh, but it's not worth two thousand yeah. dollars to me. <laughs> your business, yeah, or like, yeah, <clears throat> yeah. That, or that's like crazy. or like the like the key to your bitcoin wallet with you know a hundred thousand dollars in it or something stop yeah i the only time i've ever sent off a memory card to get formatted was because i lost the key to a uh vert vert coin wallet i had which has like four thousand dollars worth of vert coin in it. well you could do you still have it you could send it to these people <laughs> I sent it away and it's gone. Oh, and they couldn't they couldn't fix it. That's what they told me, but did they, they send it? They told me, back? "Hey, we got it open and also we now have $4,000." Yeah, did so. they did they send it back? Yeah, they sent it back, but I mean, they could have just got my shit and sent it back and said we couldn't do anything with it. Fair enough. It's gone forever. Hey, don't hey, crypto was stupid. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. And to be fair, this was like in 2016 before it was embarrassing. Yeah. Before everyone realized it was a pyramid scheme. (sighs) I love rich people fake money. But maybe that's just me. Well, Uh, I did play uh, this game called Sea of Stars. 
I also played a game called Sea of Stars. I played a demo called Sea of Stars. I played the demo. Did you finish the demo, Bob? No. How far did you get? Mm, I'm going to say 1.5 hours. Are you in the dungeon? No. You're not in the dungeon yet? No. I spent a lot of time talking to people. Okay. That's... That's, I finished the whole thing in like an hour, an hour okay. and a half. <laughs> I spent a yeah. lot of time talking to everyone in the town. It's like the reverse mm-hmm. of the, the the Dragon Quest game. <laughs> yeah, basically. Where Bob just ran through everything. Uh, sea, of, sea of Stars is a, a, a gosh darn good game. Are you playing yeah. the whole game or, you, or did you yeah. play the demo? Okay. I bought. It. I I played the demo and I actually got to the second part of the first like the dungeon you go to, mm-hmm. and uh, I was, I just didn't understand some of the mechanics, so I was getting like dusted really quickly mm-hmm. to the point where I was just like, I'm just gonna restart this demo and come back later, and they just never did because I just did other things, but there was enough going on that I was thinking I'm going to play this game, and if I invest more than you know. T- like 10 minutes i will understand how it works yeah and sure enough the proper game which is 35 dollars on switch and also free on games pass and free on the uh equivalent that sony has okay so if you have if you have those you can just play this game it's i think it's the first time that there's been a release of a game that is both on game pass and on the playstation version of it which is pretty cool Mm -hmm. um do you want to explain the game a little bit describe it yeah so sea of stars is actually i don't know if it's the second game but it's the set maybe the third but i think it's the second one that is notable from sabotage which is the studio that made the messenger which i think two maybe three years ago was the game that I remember talking about how great it was Sorry. and how g- good the music was. And I remember is both... The I, Messenger is like the Ninja Gaiden? Yeah. Like, okay. Ninja okay, Gaiden game where like uh, you play what you think is like almost like the entire game and then it's flipped on its head and you go from 16-bit to 32-bit. To and there's some yeah, other stuff in there. Yeah. There's also, I mean, not only does it share a lot of the aesthetics and just the same kind of pixel art that is like 32-bit, but with better hardware, so you get way more frames of animation and just way more in terms of light, like actual like in-game lighting effects that are happening in real time and effects just on screen when you're walking in the backgrounds of stuff and and other stuff like that and water and stuff like that. Um, It just does... uh, what you it just is the best version of like a 32-bit game in my opinion yeah. and it's it's pretty wild because again the messenger was a an amazing ninja gaiden game just a platformer um but they're taking a, a whole other type of game which is this mario uh super mario rpg slash chrono trigger and a little yeah. bit of like i think golden sun too and they're doing a completely different game and they are nailing it in a yeah. way that I knew this was going to be a good game, but not to the like degree that it is just it hit like uh, it's going on like all firing on all cylinders is the best mm-hmm. way I can put it. Yeah, like yeah. Uh, aesthetically, obviously, it's great. Music was actually done by Yatsunori Mitsuda, who did music for Chrono Trigger. The music I think he, I don't really know good. how many tracks he did. And I know. 
the again the original soundtrack to the messenger i remember freaking out about it so they still have him who the the guy who did the com- the composition for that and i think they have one other person who is notable for uh soundtracks in some games i can't remember off the top of my head but so um, they have like multiple people in there so it's like graphically amazing soundtracks amazing the gameplay itself is some of the best i would say it's a i mean we can talk about it more in a little bit but it's like an active turn base so it's probably the best of both worlds mm-hmm. and feels kind of like an atb uh but again it mixes in a lot of the uh button prompts that you got to do in the same way that you did in super mario rpg and on top of all of that the the story itself feels like it is a kind of bland rpg of that era but it, it's got enough charm and character to it uh the only downside i'll say of the entire game is it has a little bit of the like um will that just happen kind of vibe where they kind of like yeah. wink and nod at stuff and sometimes it's it's gotten to the point where that stuff used to make me mad but now it's just like anytime i hear it like they do the there's a whole part with like the one of the pirates being like talking about how tropey some of the stuff is and did you know even in character the, the the pirate captain's name was like captain cliche or something like that yeah yeah uh but it was spelled funny yeah so they got funny stuff like that but then they'll have stuff that's like way more on the nose that's like wink and nod but again i used to get really upset about this stuff and now it's just like the fluoride stare whenever that stuff happens to me so i'm just like this is fine it's it's whatever i can get over this stuff and and for every time it doesn't hit i mean there's there's a few times where it does hit and it actually is funny Mm -hmm. so uh, another cool thing about the story is that it is takes place in the same world as the messenger. Okay. So if you've played yeah. the messenger, you'll notice some characters. Uh, mainly, I don't know if you guys even saw the dragon. I think he's in the overworld, but there's like a big sleeping dragon. Yep. He's in the messenger, uh-huh. and then there's also other characters. At the beginning of the game, when you play it, uh, there's a little introduction with this character who I'm. <laughs> I you see in uh, the messenger as well, who is this guy around a bunch of books who is just chronicling the entire world, and I, obviously he he knows of past, present, and future kind of things. So, uh, and again, the t- the time stuff also plays into the messenger, where again you're going into 16 bit, and then you at some point go to 32 bit and it's like talking about time travel and stuff mm. like that. So I'm, I'm not sure what it's going to do in this game, but mm. uh, at least those worlds are tied in a cool way. That's a payoff. If you played some of the messenger, the, the story itself is you're playing as two characters who are solstice warriors. And the introduction of the game kind of takes a little bit to get going, but I'm not too angry about that because it, it does give you a actual story background for these characters and it's not too quick and uh, it it also teaches you the mechanics of the game like you are young kids and you go into this um school and so while on your first day there you learn about how um the mechanics of the actual game work and you learn a little bit more as you go along but that is the whole thing and then there's these I forget what they're called. The main big bad are these flesh something. I forget this 
flesh mechanic people or something. I can't remember what the, the name of the big bad is. Again, it's very generic and the story is just like for right now, it's like I actually just completed the part that's in the demo where you do the uh, dungeon and then you're getting held by the pirates. I'm just at that part and they're like, hey, are you ready to go? And then I saved. So it's kind of a like linear story because you're walking along an overworld map that kind of feels like a Super Mario land mm -hmm. kind of vibe. Yeah. And in between the areas you're going to, there's fishing spots too. So that's a whole other mechanic that's really fun. I really like but it, it, the fishing mechanic in this game. Um, yeah, it's super fun. I, I didn't understand it at first and then I kind of got it. And I was like, oh, this is actually super fun. And I'm a big fan of fishing games. So yeah. the, uh, the only downside that I've heard a lot of people talk about and I'm not looking forward to is that it is a linear game in the terms of you're going from point A to point B to point C to point D and like to keep going backtrack it's going to be like you have to physically backtrack which doesn't sound that great but it will depend on if I actually end up doing that because it feels like a game that I'm not going to want to do that if I have to but there are things that I'm like seeing while playing the game where I'm like oh this is definitely something where I'll come back with a new power but will I actually want to backtrack and come back here to get this treasure chest that is probably won't add much to the gameplay and might just be an item that is pretty whatever um, that's, that's to be seen the main mechanics of the game is where the game really shines where you have again a turn-based battle and your characters have uh, magic attacks and then physical attacks Obviously, um, magic takes magic points. The way you get more magic points in the middle of a battle is by doing regular attacks. Mm -hmm. and I think this game is probably the best balanced game I've played in a very long time. Just in terms of like, it's always, I'm always like kind of on the edge of like dying, but like just able to win back. It's like in an insane way, like the best game I've played all year, and just turn in terms of like balance. So, it, so yeah, it go does on. the turn-based thing really, really well. I never felt at any point like I was just hitting A over and over mm -hmm. again to do the same attack, right? Like, yeah, I was like, okay, so you have your your three characters, and they have their physical attack, and then they have typically this. At least in the demo, they start with two magic attacks, right? Mm -hmm. And so, like, one of them has two... The t magic attacks are both just, like... One is, like, an AoE, and one's just, like, a big hit on a single character. Another has a has an AoE and, like, a healing spell. Mm -hmm. And then another has, like, a an attack that will actually move uh, an enemy next to another enemy. It'll, like, throw yeah. them closer to another enemy. So you can kind of, like plan it out so like okay i'm gonna throw this enemy he'll be closer to another enemy and then i'll use an aoe and hit the two of them because they're near each other like or like hit them with something that has splash damage right so like where enemies are in the turn-based battle matters mm -hmm. uh there is that timing element which i i think is really interesting so yeah, like that's the 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 super mario rpg right kind of thing. Mm -hmm. so you hit like the action button right when you're right at the right moment that you're getting hit by an enemy and at the right moment that you're attacking and different attacks have different timing. So like 
the girl has this boomerang she throws and it bounces off an enemy and you have to hit the action button at the right moment to then bounce it back off of you and hit another enemy and you can basically bounce it back and forth as many times as you get the timing right but it speeds up yeah it's um, great it's it. awesome it's like that's it's, the first that's the first kind of thing i think i saw and interacted with in the game and it, it was the i was just like ooh, this feels good and just then to be like, able to time stuff and then like you'll fight the same kinds of enemies over and over again so you get used to seeing their attack animations and knowing like the timing of blocking to reduce your damage so it almost has that kind of like it's turn-based but it feels in some ways like you're like you know fighting a, a souls-like boss or something where you're like okay i'm memorizing these animations so i know exactly when to dodge um which makes the turn-based fighting right like feel really good because unless you're dragon quests and you just like perfected it i feel like there are only so many ways to make turn-based combat more interesting in video games today right yeah a um, lot of a lot of it too is um that i really like is the not the, just the visual but the audio cues once you get those down too yeah it just it it makes it so a turn-based game where you would just be like here here's what i'm going to do and just press a it makes you more in tuned with the game like you're paying more attention the entire time so you get more of a payoff and when you do pay attention and you're able to negate damage because every time they attack you you know their animations and their sound that they give that you block it or uh, same thing with like healing like you can get like double healing as long as like you hit the action button at the correct time it just makes it so the game is easier but it's never like you it, it makes it so you have to pay attention to the game in a way that like not only is are you going to be rewarded but like you kind of in this game you kind of have to because when you uh do the, your regular attack you get a second a hit if you time your attack right if you don't time it right you just hit them once yeah. so you go up and if you hit it right when they hit them you get a uh, and you get obviously more damage but like if you don't do that if you're not paying attention and you aren't uh either negating damage or doing more damage you run the risk of just getting dumpstered like very very early just by the enemies if you're not hard. paying attention it's it's yeah. hard yeah it, it like rewards your time putting pu putting into the game and it, it's also crazy because i've fought three four bosses now and i've never needed to grind that's again yeah. another way that it feels like it is just so well crafted that even though it is a linear game i don't think and from what i've heard from other people playing it and again i've put in six hours five, five or six hours i haven't had to grind or like worry about anything and it's created these moments where i'm fighting this boss and oh i messed up once or two like maybe one or two times and like either defending or i'm still trying to learn their moves but i'm always by like I'm either able to defeat them pretty handedly or I'm like just scraping by and at the last minute I bank on something and then I'm able to take it. And it's just like creates such a good moment of overcoming something mm -hmm. and not feeling super easy. Yeah. Like uh, I, but, but, and, and they're not, they're not super hard. Again, it's, it's really the, uh, I don't know. They just, they just perfected it in a way. I beat the first boss, my first try, but mm -hmm. it, did not in any way feel easy like i yeah. felt like i was about to die for most of the fight mm -hmm. and 
when I finally did beat, like it took a long time. I didn't die. But when I finally did beat him, I was like, oh my God, thank God. Like I thought I couldn't have gone another two rounds or else I would have been done. Right. So it does feel, it it doesn't feel punishing, but at the same time, it doesn't feel like a a turn-based game that like you can be, you can feel like you're getting better at. It's not just, oh, I have this move. This does the most damage. So I spam it. It's like, you have to like learn the game, like play, like get better at the game. Yep. And uh, on top of that, like we haven't really talked about it, but the puzzles themselves in the dungeons, really they're good. not hard, but they're, there's just enough there where you can see it. And, and, and again, like they do this in the, in the town too. There's enough stuff that's in the, the backgrounds where you'll see a chest and you think like, Ooh, how do I get there? Mm-hmm. And a lot of modern games would just put, you know, it, it would be a very straightforward thing, but, but the way a kind of like, 2d 3d kind of game works in this or like again in the game of this era it's like you see something and you have to like figure out a way to get around it and in the dungeons is never that hard but it still has that rewarding feeling of you you figured out like the secret passage uh but the same thing with like when you're in the town there'll be something and you'll be like running all over this huge town with all these like different stairs and different ways you can get up and you can find a chest that way it does the same thing with with combat where some rounds you'll be presented with these little boxes over enemies and if you don't hit exactly what they want you to they will either do a heal or a like special attack so most of the time characters have they all all the enemies will have a little round uh counter so it will show you like one to two rounds left before they do their attack but every once in a while they'll come up with these boxes and it will show like two moons and then like two swords and that means that you need to do a two attacks with the character that uses the sword and then you also need to hit them with two elemental charges or two elemental of the moon mm-hmm. character and so it creates and th- but sometimes there'll be multiples of these enemies so you have to think it's, it's almost like a mini puzzle in itself where you're like okay if i do the moon um boomerang i can hit all of them with this uh moon elemental attack and that will lead up to now this character who doesn't have any sort of magic attacks can hit this guy with the blunt damage and then I can maybe squeeze by and, and get uh, a, like a sword slash on this guy kind of thing. And it's it presents you with like sometimes you're not able to take out all the enemies, but if you plan it right, you can take out a few of them. And then if you hit all those boxes, it just cancels out their turn. Mm-hmm. So sometimes like it feels like in battles if i don't hit this it might be game over but um they do another really cool thing where it lets you uh whenever you do regular attacks not only do you get mana back but little bits of mana spheres will drop and your characters can collect those and add them to their basic attacks and that will add the type of magic they have to their regular attacks so the way it works is one character will go and you'll hit them twice with a regular attack and they'll drop these mana balls next character goes and they can you can hold the trigger it they collect those mana uh spheres and then once they have them they can do a regular attack but now it will be charged with either their sun or their moon energy mm-hmm. and some of the times you'll come across an enemy that unless you have those spheres on the on the field to use you're like i can't do this and, and it, it just it, it rewards you for like being like okay i could use the spheres in this in this turn 
and do extra damage or do extra healing damage uh, or, or extra healing to yourself because that's again something I forgot to mention is that these fears will boost your regular attacks just normally or they'll boost your heals uh, but it's like okay if I leave these on the field I might be able to use these to my advantage to get rid of some of those like blocks next turn uh, so it's just like adding in these little puzzles and just like random combat scenarios but sometimes it'll be a boss that like as much as I would love to see this boss's like big bad attack a special animation thing I'm gonna try and cancel this thing out so that he just loses his turn if I yeah. play my cards right and have the stuff on the field that I need uh, and yeah. plan ahead and make sure that I have like mana at the right time yeah it yeah. just it just has a lot of things that make you feel really smart and really good when you when you play it right, and that's and then like, also when you mess up enough to be like, oh, I'm on my back foot right now, but I I can pull this out if I just am smart. It does that good game design thing where you don't have to be smart to get the puzzles or get the combat, but it makes you feel smart when you do. Yeah, um, I really liked the first dungeon. Yeah, the way that they did, and I don't want to spoil for bob since he hasn't done it yet but the way that they kind of use the different colors like you collect these different colors and the way that the space kind of you, oh you i did gain that. oh you did that that's the first yeah. dungeon okay then i did the first dungeon i thought there okay, was something so. different that we we're calling a dungeon no the um the like wizards abandoned yeah, workshop yeah. yeah and so you find these different crystals so you you start out and you find like a green crystal and you put the crystal in this thing and a portal opens and it takes you to, to a different room and then you find another color crystal and eventually you find three different colored crystals and you can combine different colors in different ways to get access to different rooms um, and some of the rooms are optional and just gives you like loot uh, but it was a, I think it was a really interesting clever way to kind of lay a dungeon out um, and then the one the one puzzle in that in that dungeon with the blocks and the different colored walls mm-hmm. uh, that was another mo- one of those kind of game design moments where it was like this is this puzzle isn't hard but I feel smart <laughs> by yeah. by figuring it out yeah it's a it's a tough balance to to not feel like it's baby game and also not feel like it's impenetrable mm-hmm. yeah and they're Definitely. they're really good at at nailing a lot of that stuff. How good is the it, fight music? So good. That's that's another thing that again it's it's just hitting so many things that even the moments where they got the goofy dialogue or story, where it's just like yeah, that's fine. It's it's completing two of the square or the two of the edges of the triangle that I talked about on that one episode so well that. It just it's it's crazy. It goes it goes wild. I also love the tr- Chrono Trigger uh, inspiration of when, you, when you're running on the field. It you just uh, if you run into a monster, you just start fighting in that area. Yeah, it there's no like, like to a separate screen. Yeah, doesn't take you to another screen. Everyone just kind of jumps into place. Yeah, yeah. Good game. Good game. I'll probably end up. I really wish. I wish it wasn't free on Game Pass. Yeah. Because uh, then I'd buy it on the Switch because I just want to play it on a Switch. But That's what I'm doing. I don't feel good paying $35 when I could just get it for free. Yeah. I, I, I got it for Switch so I could play it 
on the go yeah i at at work and uh i i needed a new game to play at work so it's also the kind of game you want to play on a switch yeah it, that's that's kind of also another thing is that like i've noticed that when it comes to you know rpgs especially like 32-bit ones like this the perfect place to play them is on the switch because you don't have to worry about lag or load times really too badly yeah and like it's uh it just fits perfectly on the go it was perfect for uh playing at an airbnb and on the plane yeah and it's i never i never play switch games with sound on Mm -hmm. but on the plane i had like my good headphones plugged into the switch and the sound was like i just i never hear sound when i'm playing switch games so like to hear not only sound but like good music and good like effects and stuff like that it was just like oh this Mm -hmm. this is hitting right now yeah it's not not only like in terms of like the combat and you know the style is like oh this is what it feels like to play a game on the 32 bits on this is what it feels like on your snes when you're playing your rpgs like chrono trigger it's like oh the music itself like has that 90s ass pan flute kind of synth vibe to it where i was like ooh, yeah i like this all the music is great uh and the like, yeah. I think you touched on it earlier, but the like sound feedback for the fighting, like mm-hmm. with the moon boomerang, I noticed yeah. that if I, I, I was I was focusing too much on like watching the boomerang and like timing the hits, but I noticed if I was just like paid more attention to the sound it made as it sped up, I was mm-hmm. able to time the hits and get more if I yeah. paid more attention to the sound. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a and, speci- and there's an it, it's, it's yeah. like moments sorry just really quick it's moments like that where it almost becomes kind of a rhythm game mm-hmm. uh, which is really interesting but yeah sorry good say no it's the same thing with the uh the little i don't know if the enemies are in the demo but the little guys like burrow underground and come up and they they, they go like quack, quack, and then they attack you no but it was like a thing where i was like i'd watch them bury up and then i'd listen to him and do the, like the one two and then press it and every single time once i realized like oh it's more about the audio cue uh it, it, it'll, it'll be a few it's actually funny because um in the tutorial about that part about how to block it even says like hey sometimes you're gonna miss it and that's okay like eventually you'll probably get it and also this isn't needed to play the game but it's very true it's like a few times uh, a, a person will get me and they're like new weird attack there's there's an attack in uh the first area where a guy puts you in a bubble and raises you up and then yeah. you ha- and i i was like trying to like shake out of it and i could see my character move i was like i don't know what i'm supposed to do and then it's like oh i'm supposed to time it right when he falls and hit about he right when he hits the ground to like press a yeah uh yeah it's it's cool seeing new character like new enemies different attacks and stuff like that and there's the first dungeon in the I don't know if I call it the first real dungeon in the, in the in the actual game is like really really cool you're at this um this mine and there's all this like brown earthy tones but then all the rocks are these like glowing green and eventually you get a bracer that helps you complete puzzles by pushing blocks and stuff like that yeah. um but the enemies are these guys with drills that will like jump on your head and you have the time like some because sometimes it's like you only have to block one attack in this one it's like they jump on your head three times so it's like a one two three and uh 
yeah once you get like the the rhythm down of a lot of these it, it makes you feel really good when you're when you're like oh this just a minute ago this was doing 27 damage and now it's doing like five uh maybe not as drastic as that but it definitely <laughs> is the difference between life and death in a lot of those situations just being able to uh recognize patterns and stuff like that yeah Good game. Can't wait to buy a physical of it and maybe even uh, play it all over again on PlayStation. I'm going to fire so up the, uh, the download right after we finish this so I can get the whole thing on Games yeah. Pass. Nice. I'm excited. I'm excited to see. Uh, the fir- I don't want to spoil the first the first like main kind of like boss that like teaches... Because there's a, there's a boss that teaches you the same way uh, uh, Boston Kroner Trigger I really liked teaches you about like targeting different parts of a boss but I was like every time I target this part of the boss he immediately attacks me I was like oh what if I attack his hand and then I kind of disable that and then do enough damage and do special things so that I cancel out his next turn so he can't heal himself kind of thing uh on top of all of it, it's like these crazy animations and these beautiful sprite art. It's just, yeah, yeah. It's it's hitting. I also it's definitely going to be in game of the year. I didn't realize that uh, combos were a thing until I was like almost done with the demo. Yeah, that's the thing. Is like they they dole out this. I remember playing the demo and just being like, "There's a lot going on right here." But there's a whole other mechanic, like you're saying with the combos, where the more you block and the more you time stuff, you have these this diamond in the corner and you can get up to three, at least for me right now, and same thing in the demo. And then depending on how much you have, you can do specific combos with characters the same way you could do in Chrono Trigger, where you could do like X Slash and stuff like that. There's one where you can heal the entire party. There's one where you shoot fireballs off of the, one of the character's shields and then he does fire damage to everyone Uh it, it's it's really cool and those things don't cost MP. So as long as you're playing your 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 game right, uh, you can fire off a combo, and uh, it it can sometimes be uh, be a good finisher. Love a good finisher. Yes, I'm just getting started. Uh, yeah, I can't wait to play more. Hell sea yeah. of Stars, sea Sabotage of stars. Games. I think that's the name of it. Let me double yes, check that. Yes, sabotage. From the from the folks who brought you the messenger. When are we gonna get a message him, am I right? Damn. Thank you. When's um, me- when's uh, uh when's men's don't do it. Don't health do it. awareness month? Don't do it. Or whatever. I don't know. Whatever. <laughs> Did anyone else play a game? Uh, I watched some stuff. Hey, I watched a movie too, now that I think about it. I also tried to play a game and ran into issues. Um, want, do you want to go, Bob? Yeah, I watched I watched a remake of a movie from 1997, and this remake was from 2021. Okay. This is the Japanese remake of the movie The Cube. The Canadian movie The Cube. I love The Cube. Yeah. So do I. Good movie. How uh, Japanese I remake mean, is not good. Okay. It, it's funny because the original Cube 
feels like uh, a Western remake of a Japanese movie. Like it feels like huh. a '90s remake of like a Japanese movie from the '70s. I could something. see that. You know what I mean? Just I the, could the, see that the premise feels very bizarre and like I don't know. It it has a similar vibes to like Battle Royale or something. You know? I don't know anything about this. I want to know. You should uh, okay. watch the Cube. The Cube you, you, would be you a would good. Like it. How long is the Cube? Maybe I'll I'll show it I on. Think it's 90, short. Uh, Ninety minute cinema. Uh, Cube, without any spoilers, Cube is a movie from 1997, very low budget indie. I guess it's a horror movie. Would you call it a horror movie? I would call it a thriller. Uh, Basically, people wake up in this, uh, what, like 18 foot by 18 foot by 18 foot cube room with a door on each wall a door on the floor and a door on the ceiling. Yep. And, and the door is like, uh, like small, like a crawl space opening essentially. Yeah. Um, like that size. And it's a basically just figuring out what's going on here. The, the movie opens with someone going through one of these doors, like entering the next, like adjoining cube room and like a a wire trap it's 90 minutes long swings across the room and like dices the person into little pieces Hmm. and like so some of the rooms have traps in them uh they have to figure out if they're trapped or not and there's a lot of mystery about it also everyone who wakes up in the room (laughs) doesn't know how they got there doesn't remember how they got there and they don't know each other they don't know each other. Um, so that's basically the gist of the first one. There are sequels. The sequels are Cube weird. Two Hypercube, or the prequel. Like they're they're weird. Bad. They're they're bad, but they're I wouldn't they're, bother watching them. If you the first one's really good. Yeah, the first one's really good. If you're really into the first one, watch the other ones because they're like fun, fun genre movies. But the first one's actually really good. Uh, the Japanese remake of Cube, though, they really miss kind of all of this stuff that made it interesting, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. They they water down kind of all of the characters, okay, and make it a little too like main character focused, hmm. in a way that just f- feels weird because. Cube, it's like, it's like a, a, a an entourage kind of cast. Like, there's not like one main character. It's like, you know, like a bunch of people. This yeah. this one, it feels like they are trying to make you care about just one character. Like, there is a main character, mm-hmm. the only person you really get a backstory of, stuff like that, and it just doesn't hit the same way. Hmm. They they change a lot of things about it also, which like mechanically in the movie like movie rules they change a lot for the remake and i don't think that really pays off in a in a meaningful way uh, do they I, I, do they explain too much cuz they don't th- explain too much they just change too much cuz one thing i really liked about cube and i'm not going to spoil anything but when they finally start to figure out 
sort of how they got there and why they're there. It's still insanely vague yeah. and insanely mysterious. And it gives you just enough to be like, ooh, okay. But not so much that you're like, well, okay, now I know. Like, you know, it, it's just that, like, just a, just a little taste of, like, why they could be here, right? Yeah. Without so, giving okay. you, like, this fully developed, like, oh, like, I won't, I won't these ex- I won't, people put them there for this reason. Right. I won't spoil anything. I mean, this will be a little bit of a spoiler for the remake, but I don't think it matters. In the remake, there is a character who can seemingly control rooms with his emotions. Okay. Huh. Like, he gets angry, and the room turns red and, like, starts filling up with, like, poison gas. And they don't okay. really explain that or return to it. And it's okay. like, why Why was that added? It didn't really <laughs> do anything. It just, like, made it seem weird. Like, it, isn't it, you know what I mean? They, they make a lot of choices like that for the remake that are, like, you could have uh, done something else. <laughs> you could have done something. You could have done anything else, but like yeah. instead, you added this wrinkle that made a lot of other stuff not make sense. Now, mm-hmm. um, I'm definitely gonna. I mean, it's, screen this on on 90 minutes cinema for my. Please screen. do because it's 90 I, I minutes seen long. It in a long time. It's really good. It's so good. That's the name of the stream. And so you know, that works you know out. me. I love a people people stuck in a place movie. A whole movie that takes place in one setting. I love that. Yeah. Have you seen that movie? Um, it's like scene, I thought. That's something like that. Scene. Spelled how? Scene. Oh, no. I'm thinking of saw. Saw. See? I get, a, I get, a, I get the, the tenses messed up. <laughs> uh, yeah, saw. Um, Actually, I've never wait. seen saw. Yeah. Wait, scene or saw? Saw it or seen it? I never saw saw. Socks? I've no, never you're, seen Did you see saw. the original, though? Or are you talking about saw 2? Saw. Because they just call it Saw 2. I thought it was Saw Saw for a while, too. Saw Saw. I'm going to They're making out. Saw 10. I'm going to freak X. out. Socks. Socks. I uh, love Saw Saw. But yeah, I would say don't, don't bother watching the Japanese remake of The Cube. It is just kind of weird. Okay. I wouldn't say it really adds anything to it. It, doesn't, it didn't need to exist. Yeah. Yeah. Plus, you always complain about how you have to read the subtitles. I mean, that was that was fine. It's it seemed like it seemed like it was inspired by Squid Game hype, where it's like people stuck in like a fucked up situation, and mm-hmm. there's like, what if society? It seemed like it really leaned into that. Yeah, and kind of like did the remake based on hey, Squid Game's popular. Let's do something where people are in a fucked up situation and they die and it's society. This is where we find out that Bob thinks uh, Korea and Japan is the same thing. Oh my God, stop. <laughs> this is where we find out that Bob thinks that Korea and Japan are both Chinese. <laughs> <laughs> it's like this Chinese movie, right? Yeah. I'm just kidding, Bob. Um, no, yeah, I feel you. Uh, it's also, it's 2023 and no one's allowed to do any, make anything new. Uh, everything has to be a reboot or a remake. Um, so, yeah. Um, but that's all for me. Bob out. Bobby out. Um, I tr- so I got my computer working again. <coughs> mm-hmm. Emily and I had started a split screen couch co op game of Baldur's Gate three. Bald Gate. Um, and I thought that 
since I upgraded stuff in my computer, it would it wouldn't crash. Uh, but it still crashes. <laughs> uh, and I was looking on the internet, and apparently most people have this problem with couch co-op in this game on the PC. Okay. Uh, because essentially the way it, ru- it runs it is because it's split screen, it's running the game twice. <laughs> cool. Yeah. And uh, it just overloads your your processor, and um, they haven't they haven't figured figured out how to fix it yet. So it kind of sucks because um, we'll we'll be able to play for like ten minutes, and then something will happen, like a cutscene will happen, and the game just crashes to home screen. That's a bummer. Yeah, it sucks. Like it worked, it ran fine when I played online co op with Bob. And when I played, you know, campaign by myself, but split screen, no good. But uh, other than that, I just played the Sea of Stars demo. Um, I watched a really good documentary, though. Yeah. Called Secrets of Blackmore. Mm. Um, if you are even remotely oh, hey, interested. Side note, side note, sorry. Dewey. Yep. The Plex yeah. is back up, so whoa. If you this got requests, hit, hit me with it. We're bringing and everything else back. listening who has uh, my password. Go ahead and slide into some, the Plex. It's up. I know someone who does. This is where I actually watched this documentary. It was on on Bob's Plex. Um, so it. So if you know anything about the history of tabletop gaming and Dungeons and Dragons and the like, um, you'll know that it kind of came role-playing in general kind of was born out of war gaming. Um, and so Dungeons and Dragons, the original rule book was written by Gary Gygax and David Arneson. And they kind of had a falling out. David Arneson kind of got cut out of the deal by TSR, the company and people kind of, argue over who really came up with the game and blah, 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 blah. It doesn't really matter. Anyway, this documentary talks about, kind of looks at, it talks about Gary Gygax a bit, but it mainly focuses on David Arneson uh, and his pre-D&D wargaming uh, that he did. So, like, it, it they interview, he has died. Um, he died in 2009, I think, but they interview a bunch of his friends that he grew like that he played games with when he was younger. And basically it chronicles, um, 19, like 63 to like the early 1970s where in Minneapolis and the twin cities, there were this group of college students who had a war gaming club where they would reenact Napoleonic wars. So they had the little figurines and they would set them up. Yeah, and uh, David Arneson was a high schooler at the time, whose parents like had a decent amount of money, so they had a like a furnished basement. They could afford to like buy him these figurines and paint them all or whatever. And he basically put an ad in a newspaper in like a school paper for the local college, just being like, "Hey, I'm looking for other people to play with." So these like college students started going to this high schooler's house to play these war games, and one of them. Yeah, David Wesley went to college and he found this. I think he was the one who found it. He found this book from 1880 called Strategos, uh, which 
was a li- a set of rules for uh, wargaming, and they kind of used this as a as a foundation for their games or whatever. But there was, I mean, it, and it was all very kind of like static, right? Like you'd be like, okay, we're reenacting the Battle of Waterloo. You're the French. You're the Russians or whatever. Um, you move your pieces. You can move them this amount. You roll dice to see like who does, you know, whatever. Um, and they, there's a referee who kind of oversees everything and makes rulings. And in the Strategos book from 1880, there was a one line in the book for the referee. And it said something along the lines of the referee should keep in mind that anything is possible in this game. And they took that one line and kind of ran with it. So David Wesley was like, he had them come over one day to play a war game. And he said, okay, before we play the war game, we're doing this little pregame and basically gave everybody a role for this town that existed in the middle of this battle. You're the mayor. You're this anarchist student. Who's part of this revolutionary group. You're such and such. You're the town drunk. And he basically had people come into a separate room and tell them what they wanted to do. And he was moving pieces around and kind of having this role-playing pre-game game. And he basically tricked them because they were like, okay, well, that was really fun. When are we doing the war game? He's like, no, that was the game. Uh, Arneson takes this and he starts applying it to these war games where they have, they have the battles they're actually playing as commanders of these troops, right? And they have to start role-playing. They're writing letters to each other. They're kind of taking into consideration the the soldiers and like different characters and interacting with townsfolk who can like act as spies. And then, you know, the battle concludes and maybe it doesn't conclude how it did historically, but he comes up with this idea of the, of the campaign. All right, you won that battle, but then what happens next? And so they keep, these games going for a really long time and eventually he meets Gary Gygax uh, he starts writing this game called Blackmore which is a medieval war game but each player essentially only plays one character and he puts it in a fantasy setting so it's essentially like D&D and uh, this becomes this kind of precursor to D&D he writes D&D with Gary Gygax and it becomes a sensation or whatever um, and it's really interesting to see just follow along wait, this wait. like kind of progression. Go ahead. It D and D happened before Stranger's thing. <laughs> uh, yeah. it's the game that they play. Yeah. Okay. I, I think they made it in the show. They made it, yeah. They made it in the show. Yeah. That was the documentary you watched. Yes. Have the documentary watched I watched thing? was about Stranger's thing. Um, but yeah, it's really interesting. If you're interested in in tabletop games and D and D, I highly recommend it. Um, just kind of there, seeing it, it the had roots to have of been things. So fucking cool to play like early ass D and D in the '70s basement like that. Yeah, like that had to be fucking awesome. I mean, they interview these guys who were all in their like '60s at this point, '60s and '70s. And they're talking about their experience and they're like, like, I, I think back to that time and I don't remember sitting in a basement. I remember being a a dwarf cleric and like, you know, 
fighting orcs and shit like they were like he was so good at describing things like we were actually afraid like all this stuff and it just like yeah imagining like pre-video game (laughs) world where you're playing D&D and it's got to be like so engaging especially for these guys who are like nerds they're like proto nerds yeah proto nerds they're all like history buffs and shit hey hats off to the proto nerds where would we be without them (laughs) um but yeah it's it's really good it's like two hours long uh apparently there's a part two that's supposed to come out eventually um but yeah if you have if you're on bob's plex go watch it uh otherwise go to secrets of blackmore b-l-a-c-k-m-o-o-r.com uh and they have links to where you can watch it on vimeo or or amazon prime you can purchase a dvd if you'd like Mm -hmm. um but yeah it's and while they're interviewing people it's really funny they'll be like this is so-and-so the first wizard and it'd be like yeah i was like (gasps) the first person to play a a magic caster ever you know and it's like it's crazy um to hear them kind of just talk about how they essentially invented role-playing yeah um and how it wasn't just like a hey here's an idea it it was as an evolution that happened over many many years and involved many different people's ideas and i think a lot of times people kind of boil it down and be like no gary gygax invented role-playing in D D." and this documentary does a really good job of being like gary gygax was massively influential in D D and role-playing but there were all these other people that don't often get thought about who had a huge role in it so i don't know yeah. it's really good that's cool yeah um if you're aren't interested in this stuff at all it might be a little bit dry uh but if you are it's cool Enjoy. if you listen to this you probably are interested in that yeah. kind of stuff. you're also a big big stupid nerd so that's what i've been doing and you're freaking in your basement and you're freaking playing pretend with your little toys and all that shit yeah you loser you stinky little boy go take a shower yeah take go a shower hey honestly go to if you're listening to this right now just take a shower you smell yeah that's fair um that's what i've been doing i i've i started re-watching the sopranos oh it's an amazing show thumbs down bob you're stupid (laughs) i just wanted to see your reaction have you ever seen it i tried you tried boring you're a disgrace there was no mutants in it connor i don't watch stuff that doesn't have mutants in it <sighs> the writing is incredible the acting is incredible the dialogue's amazing the camera works they just, amazing they're just some guys it's so funny there's some in such a, like guys. a subtle way uh but it's in episode like three i think of the first season uh tony soprano comes home after having sex with his uh mistress, mistress? and his like 13 year old son anthony jr is up playing mario kart 64 and they did such a good job in this they like do all their research they figure out like you know all the underground mobster shit but tony soprano sits down picks up a nintendo 64 controller holding the center wing where the analog stick is with his right hand (laughs) points the corded controller at the television while he's playing and proceeds to 
beat his son in the race in Mario Kart 64, which is physically impossible because the accelerate button is the A button. He remapped it. He's got he's got a controller for uh, uh, it was like a disability controller for just dis- people with disabilities. As you shall see, only people use it with one like, hand. No one was on that set. There wasn't a PA there who was like, "Excuse me, Mr. Gandolfini, uh, you actually have to hold that with two hands. Um, it wouldn't work if you just hold it. First of all, your left hand should be holding that part that you're holding with your right hand, and then your right hand you're going to want to be holding the A button to go, but." Uh, yeah, that that kind of broke the immersion for me. Um, otherwise, perfect show, ten out of ten. Um, Does anyone it's, get it's, covered getting in a, toxic waste and get turned into like a creature? There's, there's no robots, Bob. Um, yeah. <clears throat> and watching second watch through, I'm 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 noticing a lot of things I didn't catch my first time. So it's incredible. Sopranos, right. ten out of ten. Highly recommend. Okay. Do we have news? We do. I'm going to run through it pretty quickly because I have to go to work. Oh, shit. All right. Let's do it. Uh, Speed round. Epic is Epic is laying off some people. Boo. Uh, there's a few things about layoffs this week. Um, this is unfortunate. Uh, it sounds like they were in, they were not getting the same amount of money as they were before because they were doing they're doing a bunch of like content creator sharing stuff like with profits and uh creator codes etc etc and i guess they're not getting that much and they were apparently in this article they're talking about how they're focusing too much on the metaverse and so now let's let's see what that says right here laying off around 830 employees or 16 percent of jobs about two-thirds of layoffs were a team outside of core development uh, around 250 people are leaving Epic through our yeah et cetera et cetera oh 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 the Bandcamp thing and super awesome I don't know anything about super awesome but um, sounds like that they bought Bandcamp did nothing with it and then are tanking it like selling it off probably uh, which is pretty cool uh, so yeah that's basically all I got is that they mismanage much stuff and invest a bunch of time into Travis Scott concerts on <laughs> and and Martin Luther King uh go to the steps and look at the et cetera et cetera is fortnite uh, over the hill do we think this is the down the slope Nah, i don't think so not yet okay i don't know maybe it is but i don't think so uh sega is canceling uh sonic Sonic is canceled you don't know what you do not want to know what he did sorry you don't want to know where that chili dog's been sorry uh layoffs for creative assemblies game hyenas uh there's also been an update on this article talking about how there's probably going to be some more layoffs with sega um yeah it's just unfortunate to see that there's this game that was going to be worked on. it seems like we're now going to be getting the fallout of a lot of these um games as a service things like they everyone thinks that they can be <laughs> the next Fortnite, but there's only really room for like two or three of those at a time. And if you think about it, it's like Fortnite and then Apex Legends and um Genshin. No, because that's a whole other thing is Genshin's like gotcha stuff, so that's its own thing. Uh, and then I was also kind of thinking of like 
there's probably a difference between that and then like the MMO stuff, obviously there can only be like a few of those at a time because people can't focus all their time on stuff. Uh, I don't know. Hyenas, I, d- I didn't know much about it, but I was rewatching the trailer and I was like, oh, this actually kind of looks cool. It's just like a hero based kind of shooter thing. Um, don't know if it was going to be a, you know, 100 people hit the ground, but it's, it's just like a action, like arena shooter with characters that have special powers and stuff like that. Okay. Uh, but yeah, again, there's like Overwatch, there's Siege, there's all these other games doing that. So it's like, how many of these can you do? Um, so yeah, unfortunately, people are getting laid off, probably from Sega. Uh, uh, what was going to be my transition for this? Oh yeah, um, we've heard about people Pokemon going to the polls, right? What about poke? What if we had people Pokemon Van Gogh to the museum? Okay. For this uh, scalpers swarming Van Gogh museum for Pikachu promo cards. Yeah. Have you seen this? No. I've seen the the vi- the video Pikachu Van Gogh. But yeah. I haven't seen the video yet. Uh, yeah. There's at the Van Gogh museum. <laughs> they had these special Pikachu with. What was it Pikachu and, and brown, uh, gray? What was it called? What was the original piece called? It's just basically oh, a gray felt hat. Yeah. So there's a there's a Pikachu card kind of done in Van Gogh style, uh, at least art wise. It's like a Pokemon card, but it's Pikachu in that style with a little hat on. And there's some really awesome uh, figures, a tote bag, and stuff like that. Uh, there's a video that surfaced recently of people going bananas that are all. Uh, at least 30 probably uh, not children <laughs> no zero children were in the, in the video but now uh, price charting is showing that it's roughly worth 670 dollars or so because uh, people are flipping it and uh, you should just click on this link that's in in our show notes and go look at the video I, I think that you can also probably just find it online it's it's, it's crazy it's what you would expect uh, but it's unfortunate that uh, something that was probably meant for you know children to have and be like oh this is a cool learning experience about Van Gogh and Pokemon uh, just being sold for now like uh, you know $600 or so on eBay pretty cool stuff cool mm-hmm. yeah pretty cool uh, do you guys see the new DMC uh DMC show that's uh let me go look this up this trailer I have I have it in my notes but I haven't the DMC anime I haven't okay no. it's just a Netflix joint this is a Netflix joint it's uh being done by the same guy who did the uh same studio who did what was it Castlevania okay ah very much of that style looks really dope it's only a 44 minute kind of tr- teaser but uh, this is a game, I've never played any of the De- Devil May Cry games, but it seems like from the story and what I know about the, it is it is anime in so many ways that it, it just makes sense that it's coming as an anime. Yeah. Did you watch any of the Castlevania stuff? Yes. Was it good? It was amazing. Really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It was done really, really well. Voice acting was really good. Hmm. Animation was amazing. Okay. Uh, they did a great job with that. I'll have to check uh, I highly out. suggest if, if anyone hasn't seen it to go watch that. 
Uh, one other thing, uh, Hideki Kamiya, who is known for make uh, helping to create uh, many games along, along like uh, Bayonetta and uh, you may have heard of Resident Evil 2, games of such ilk. He is leaving Platinum Games. For people who don't know, Platinum are the creators behind Wonderful 101. They were originally a Capcom, a, a bunch of people from Capcom who just uh, didn't like how things were going, so they left and they created their own studio. So they made games like Wonderful 101, Bayonetta. They went on to do a lot of stuff with other companies. They did like that Metal Gear game that was, I can't remember, which one it was but it's the action based they do a lot of games that actually are like character action in the way of uh, DMC and uh, this guy was kind of one of the bigger names behind all those games and he is now leaving um, they had some slips, slip ups recently I can't even remember some of the games that they've worked on that it's just like character action but like it seemed like I think there was one that I can't even, again I can't remember the name of but it was like they did it with Sega or someone else, and it was just riddled with like trans, like microtransactions and stuff like that. It felt like it was nothing to do with Platinum Games himself. It seems like they were struggling to create a IP that is wholly their own, because even Bayonetta is like partly owned by, you know, other people. And it, it seems Wait, like are you telling me these microactions are trans? You know what, I am, and and I believe. I believe we need we need them in this space, and that's why I get all my transactions on Fortnite, so I can get my Bender skin. <laughs> and um, sorry, I had to interrupt you to make a bad joke. Other ones, no, no, I understand. Yeah, that's basically it. Hideki Kimiya, who is uh, probably going to go on to make his own studio, possibly, uh, is leaving Platinum Games, which is a big deal interested to see what happens to Platinum Games because they have like outwardly I think I remember seeing something a while ago where they were like yeah it would be really cool if you know Microsoft bought us they were just like <laughs> kind of struggling in a way where they're like outwardly like man if someone bought us that wouldn't be too bad mommy uppies <laughs> mommy mommy I need up I need buyout <laughs> please <laughs> mommy so Microsoft mommy mommy let me work on Halo or something <laughs> Uh, the last bit of news is that there was some uh, <clears throat> ransomware stuff going on with uh, Sony. Mm. This is all a ongoing kind of thing. Uh, IGN has some stuff where, of course, Sony has been like, hey, we're looking into this. Uh, it was a ransomware group called Ransom VC. Uh, from what I have seen is that uh, we won't ransom them. We'll sell the data uh, due to Sony not wanting to pay. Data is for sale. That's great. I think from what I have heard is that it doesn't sound like it's not that much. It's a 6,000 files, which is not a lot for a company like Sony. And from what I've also heard is that it's not like uh, customer's information. It seems like it's other things. But uh, I don't know. Maybe change your password if you have a Sony account like PlayStation just to be safe. But uh, it's the a, article here just basically says, and this is an ongoing thing, it's that Sony's like, hey, we're investigating it. Don't worry. It's all we're figuring it out. Lola Bunny fan art. Yeah. All 600. I mean, or 6,000 files. 
<clears throat> they're getting busy. No, it's it's all the all those files of Tifa that were found on that <laughs> Italian. Uh, I don't even remember who it was. Some mayor or something over there. Italian Some dentist diplomat. got a lot of Tifa files. Okay, oh, that was so pretty good. Tifa. Mamma mia, that's a lot of Tifa. Um, that's it. Hell that's yeah. it. Do we have that's any uh, uh, messages from the outside world? I don't believe so. Oh, wait, we do. Uh-oh. Whole, uh Yeah, we have a V-mail. Uh, if you would like to send us a V-mail anytime, day or night, you can at 804-286-0626. Or as we like to say around here, 804-BUMMO-MAN. And if you leave a voicemail, it might sound something like this one. Hey, the Flock Podcast, a.k.a. Mother Flockers. It's your old Uncle Kev. I was just calling to say that I enjoy when the three of you play the same game and give it your different critiques or just just talk about it. If everybody has a point of reference for the exact same thing. Um... That said, I have played the Dragon Quest Monsters uh, demo for probably four and a half hours or so. I just got to the point where you can combine them and make the new monsters, and I'm very excited to get even more into that so I can do a bunch of different goofy little combinations. Um, Because I was a huge fan of when it was called Dragon Warrior Monsters for, I think, Game Boy Color. Played the crap out of the first one. And they came out with a second one that I played a good uh, amount of. But I think the original one just had a very special place in my heart because I had just come off of being like, what? Uh... And then there was this new monster game that was the same, but different. And you could make new monsters. It was, I don't know, super great. The better, better, uh, think a better mechanic than the Pokemon breeding. Anyway, love you guys. Bye. Love you, Kevin. Thank you for responding responding to my call to action, Kevin. I appreciate it. Yeah. Um, I like when we all do the same thing too. Yeah, it's, it's, it's nice. It's yeah. nice. Um, we should do it regularly. I mean, it's really easy with demos because it's like it's a couple hours. It's usually yeah. free. Um, so yeah, I think we should regularly do a demo episode where we all play the same demo or whole game. Why not? Okay. Uh, my call to wow. action this week: uh, call, call, call in and uh, recommend me a YouTube channel. Just tell me your favorite YouTube channel. 804-286-0626. Okay. My my DMs are open. Or the the mailbox is open. So that's okay. what I want. That's I I want to hear some uh some YouTube suggestions for next week cuz I'm always looking for good YouTube content. But yeah. Uh if you enjoyed this podcast, and you want to help us eat uh, patreon.com slash the flock 
podcast or just the flock what's that patreon pa- patreon.com slash the flock just the flock okay yeah. patreon.com slash the flock it's three dollars a month you get a bunch of cool stuff so much stuff three dollars once a month easy easy decision to make uh if you want to uh talk to us on a message board kind of thing go to our discord um if you like television go to twitch.tv forward slash respectable street twitch.tv forward slash x model slime x twitch.tv forward slash truly underscore chet and watch a stream if you don't do any of those things tell a friend to listen to this podcast it's the easiest thing you could possibly do uh tell someone you don't even like tell one of your coworkers yeah. to listen to it be like hey i don't like this person hey do you like do you listen to pod uh you ever listen to that serial podcast well if you like that you'll love this one uh we appreciate I, it we love you i hung out with like my second cousin this weekend and they were like i'm probably not gonna listen to it but i'll recommend it to my coworker. so if you're my cousin <laughs> holly's co-worker Shout I'm, out. S- I'm sorry maybe or <laughs> but also you're welcome but also welcome <laughs> yeah welcome. uh leave us a voicemail 804-286-0626 uh recommend me some youtube content uh or just say anything that's on your mind as long as it's not hateful uh no slurs please thank you appreciate it just be just be a good person i know it's hard it's hard but it's really uh, hard be a good person uh this week uh be sisyphus but get to the top of the mountain easy easy peasy i'm done now what uh that's all i got okay that's all uh, I got. That's all I got. Thanks for uh, listening. Thank you. Thanks for flying with us. That's what we say every oh week, Bob. I know it sounded the, weird when it came out. <laughs> I'm Dewey. Bobby. Connor. Thank you for flying with us. We do this every week. Bye. Bye.